There you are. How are you doing, Steve? I'm all right. Good evening, y'all. Hey, Steve. Welcome to Talk CDL. I've got Ruth Ann in the, in the studio with us tonight. And you are Steve. Uh, how do you pronounce your name? Munns. M-U-N-S. Munz. Okay. And you, Steve, you, you reached out to Talk CDL. You wanted to talk about uh, drivers, retention, uh, recruiting. Uh, what, what were you wanting to talk about on the show? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about recruiting and retaining drivers. And uh, I had an idea with, that I'll share with you here in a few minutes. But I decided I was going to start a trucking company and I did some research and talked to some folks and, you know, came across your podcast, listened to a bunch of your episodes and, uh, thought I would like to learn, learn as much as I could from guys who have been in the business for a long time. And I know that you, you've been a recruiter and you, you've been around the, uh, you know, the industry for, for quite some time. And I, you know, I thought you'd be a good resource. So frankly, I reached out to you. I was going to ask you personally some, some questions and maybe see if we might be able to work something out. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already down the road and this idea came in, in December and here we are on March 30th and I've already got, uh, trucks on the road. So it, it all happened pretty you, fast. What made you decide to go into the trucking industry and start your own company? Well, um, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got an oil and gas business that, uh, out in the Permian Basin in West Texas. And, uh, we, you know, we, we haul all of our crude oil to terminals. And, uh, at the end of the month, you know, if we've got inventory sitting out there, we don't get paid for it the following month, it'll be, you know, the month after. So it was really kind of a working capital, uh, issue. And you can imagine if you, you know, if you worked driving a truck, say for, uh, for a month and you, you didn't get your payroll report in by the end of the month, uh, you weren't going to get paid till, you know, another 30 or 45 days later, uh, it, it, it puts a strain on working capital. So, uh, we just didn't get great service in the area. Uh, we went with three or four different, uh, purchasers and trucking companies and around, I don't know, mid December, uh, I decided that I was going to have to come up with another plan and, and, uh, we would haul our own crude oil. So that, that's, that's the, that, that's what got it all started. And then I realized there was a market out there for and a bunch of people who were unsatisfied. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to crack the code, but uh, we're going to, we're going to do our best. Steve, now what what's the town you're actually located? Because I think in your message on on the messenger it said West Texas, like that's a big area. Where, where and did you just say the Permian Basin? Is that what you called it? Yes, the Permian Basin. It's one of the most prolific oil and gas producing uh, regions in the world, and it happens to be in West Texas, which is you're right, a very big. A big area, but uh, the town that we operate out of is called Fort Stockton. It's not far from Midland, Texas. Uh, okay. It's in the western region of of Texas. It's where almost, I you know, probably eighty percent of the oil and gas drilling in the country is in is in that region. So, uh, real quick, how many trucks do you have, Steve? First off, well, you know, we 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 own one truck, uh, and so and this is, you know, literally just put it on the road a couple of days ago. Um, and you know, I've got, we hired our first driver who started last week after finally getting through the background check process and all that. And, uh, I brought on a, an owner operator who, uh, will be probably starting here in a couple of weeks as soon as we get, get the paperwork done and, uh, get him onboarded. So uh, I guess I could say we've got two trucks, uh, and you know, we're not, we don't have ambitions of growing too fast. And obviously we're going to run into some kinks and try to iron all those out before uh, we get out over our skis here. So like right now, if, if you could put on 
an amount of drivers with an amount of trucks. What do you have freight for? How much is, again, uh, I'm trying to, you know, catch my mind here on everything you're doing. Do you actually own the well where you're drilling or are you leasing? What, how does that work? First off. So Troy, uh, we, we, uh, we lease 13,000 acres in, uh, in Pecos County and we, we operate, I think 28 wells in the area. Uh, and our production was my primary concern, uh, was getting it to the market by the end of the month, uh, in the month in which it was produced. So, you know, we can handle all of our production with one truck running, you know, running two shifts a day, slip seat. And that, that's, that's kind of, that was the first box that we wanted to check and we've got that covered. Uh, but if I'm going to start a company and run a business, it's not very efficient just to have one truck and two drivers because, you know, you've got mechanical equipment that breaks down and drivers that sometimes don't stick around. So, uh, we needed something that was a little bit more uh, scalable and obviously uh, economic. And so I'm not going to just run a business with one truck. We'll probably end up with, you know, at least 10 by the end of the year is, is, is kind of a, a goal that, that I've got in mind. So you have the capability to step up production. You said, did you say 28 wells on 13,000 acres? I did. Uh, some are, some produce more than others and, you know, without, you know, without disclosing too much proprietary information. So I'm not going to give you my, my production figures, but I can handle it all with one truck. Each, each truck, Troy will move, um, about 180 barrels a load. These are local routes. Uh, so we haul about 50 to 60 miles to the one of about three terminals, uh, depending on what market's going to pay us the best. So these are local routes. Uh, we will run, uh, you know, three or four loads a day. Uh, just for our production, if we drill more wells this year, that that number will go up. But the question that you hadn't asked yet, which I think is kind of what you're getting at, is what where's the freight uh, to bring on more trucks? And the answer is uh, there's you know there's a lot of wells being drilled and a lot of oil out there, and there's a shortage of of trucks and drivers. Uh, and the folks who buy our crude oil have told me if I've got trucks, they can you know, they want to contract with us to, to haul for them to their terminal. And so I've been, not only have I been trying to recruit drivers and buy equipment and start a company and, you know, buy HR software and all that, but I've also been in touch with um, shippers who are basically guys that buy crude and, and various marketing companies who uh, have basically said, yeah, let us know when you've got trucks and drivers because we'll definitely use you. So you have everything lined up. You just got to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit more because you've been the jack of all trades right now in your hat and you need to start getting it all lined up a little bit, you know, as far as having the drivers with the trucks because you got the people that want you to do it all. You just got to get the drivers on the board and, and start getting the stuff to be able to, to transport it all. Plus you need trucks. Do you ever think about doing lease purchase with these guys or you just want to own a truck yourself and have the whole responsibility? Well, you know, the, the first, uh, Dependability was pretty is pretty important for us, and so uh, we bought our first truck, and we may buy another one or two. But uh, and we bought, you know, this is a philosophical uh, approach that we took. I don't know if it was the right decision or not, but we bought a new Peterbilt three eighty nines. It's a glider kit uh, with a Cat five fifty horsepower in it uh, with no emissions, basically, uh, none of the none of the sensors and deaf and all that kind of stuff that 
tends to, uh, you know, cause problems and, and, and cause you to, to, to shut down uh, from time to time. So that's what we started with. The trailer is a, you know, 200 barrel or 220 barrel, uh, aluminum tanker trailer. You know, you gotta have hazmat endorsement to drive that, of course. Um, but so we'll, we'll own some trucks and we, we've got company drivers, but, um, but, you know, capital is an issue too. I mean, somebody has got to buy those trucks if I'm going to lease them, uh, and, partnering with owner operators who already have the equipment and who are incentivized to work and interested in working for a smaller company where they're, you know, they're not a number uh, to a dispatcher is something that we think uh, there's a market for. So we're, we're bringing on owner operators as well. And that may be, uh, that may end up being our focus, but I think we're going to, we're kind of going to wait and see how it goes. So, but now this, you, you, I did hear you say a 50 mile basic radius. So this is all, day work or not, or I'm sorry, local work. So obviously the hiring area is going to be the Midland area, correct? That's, you're pretty much, you're not going to hire all over the country because you're not taking freight out of state, correct? That's right. Or oil. That's right. Okay. So, so these are, this is, um, this is, this is local work. These guys are at home every night or day, depending on what shift they work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's a, there's a ton of, you, you know, there's a ton of different kind of specialized um, freight that moves around out here. Uh, you've got crude oil, which, you know, requires a, a has endorsement. Uh, you've got produced water, which I guess does not. Those are water trucks. There's like vacuum trucks out here. There's sand trucks, as you probably heard about that. They're hauling sand that's used for fracking. Uh, so there's a lot of drivers that it's kind of like the Wild West out here and you can't get a hotel room. There's not a rental house in Fort Stockton. A lot of these guys are out here living in what they call man camps, which are basically uh, like a big truck yard with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of manufactured homes on there, trailers on there. And so you've got like, you know, 20 or 30 guys living, uh, living out of trailers and man camps out here in some cases. So, yeah, hiring and, and housing is an issue. You know, before the big boom and then when everything went down and now it's coming back. You know, the, you know, we've, we've seen drivers that were making crazy money up in North Dakota and West Texas, the whole nine yards. What, what is it now? Are these guys still making a lot of money? Is it worth maybe a driver coming from another state to camp there in a man camp and drive for you for so long and then take a break and fly home for a week and, and, and kind of do that? Is that something that's worth it to a driver or not? I think, um, uh, that's just an individual decision, but there's a lot of guys doing that, Troy. And, uh, for us, we're, we're as a, if I was a big company and, you know, with 75% turnover and having to hire people constantly, I would be, you know, I'd be pretty receptive to that. And there are guys doing it. Yes. They're making a lot of money and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but what we're really looking for, um, are guys that are interested in, uh, who, who may be already in the, in the general area. So it's not going to be, you know, a cultural shock to move out. You know, I think the short answer is they're they're making uh, pushing up into the six figure range. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's nice. Now yeah, that's I all ten ninety nine, or are you do you do their taxes? Well, no, the, the, those are W two guys that are getting you know probably up into the thirty to thirty five an hour type range. Um, in some cases, they're getting overtime. So yeah, they're they're uh, they're it's 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 a cyclical business, and and you know. It, there's a shortage of these these drivers with the has endorsement, so they're they're making pretty good money right now. 
What kind of age are you looking at as far as starting off your hiring? Like, are you looking at 21, 23, 26? Is there a specific age that you want to start your hiring at? And experience. Yeah. So for me, a lot of that's driven by the insurance uh, underwriters. And I've noticed that when I looked at ads out there, a lot of uh, the recruiters are, are basically, they all say the same. It's They all want two years of experience hauling crude oil, uh, which is, you know, again, it's specialized because there's some standards that that take place and there's some safety uh training that needs to be there but also for whatever reason uh 20 you know kind of 20 i think it's 25 to 65 is the you know ideal age range and i that's that's again i think that's just insurance underwriters that are pushing that um i don't know if they'll cover guys that are younger than 25 frankly um so that's that's kind of what we're looking for. You know, I I'm amazed at that kind of a money that you would even have to look for somebody. You'd think people would be knocking on your door for that job, six figures. They are. Uh, they're not knocking on my door, but unfortunately, the uh, kind of the what, what you hear out here is guys will just leave for a dollar more, you know, or ten cents more an hour or whatever it is. So uh, I think there's just a problem with retention, and maybe that's a corporate cultural. Uh, issue that a lot of these companies have that we're going to try to uh, we're going to try to mitigate and, and and make it a fun place to work and uh, try to try to make it more of a family type business, which is what it's how we you know that's kind of how how we operate here. So, do you uh, offer the drivers benefits or anything like that? We do. Um, we offer we offer uh, dental, health, uh, and life insurance, and and I pay seventy five percent of it. So. And you got that, you've got that Pete with the Fitzgerald glider kit in there. I, I, honestly, that, that alone should make drivers want to come work for you. I, honestly, that's what everybody wants a Pete. I'll tell you what, man, I, uh, I listened to one of your, one of your podcasts and, and listened to a bunch of, uh, trucker opinions and, you know, it's about resale value and really, frankly, what do guys want to sit in all day? Cause they're sitting there for 12 or 14 hours a day sometimes. So, um, I think happy people are are more productive and they're more likely to stick around. So if that means that we buy a Pete or a Kenworth, then that's fine. Uh, I had a little fun with it myself because uh, since I was going to do this, I went and got my CDL and got the uh, hazmat endorsement and tanker endorsement and picked that thing up in East Texas and drove it 500 miles across the state this week. So it was pretty fun. Wow. So now are you, are you subject to the ELDs or are you, uh, are you are you uh, one of the companies that doesn't have to use them? Uh, we, we, we there's a uh, there's an exemption if you're if you're hauling uh, inside of I think it's a hundred mile radius and we and we are so um, we're not we're not using uh, the ELDs and part of me you know would like to be able to do that because I think you know it's good to it's good to have the data and for safety I guess it's it's uh, it can be helpful but. I don't know. What do you think? It seems like a lot of drivers don't really like messing with it. So um, I, I, I mean, we're just we're doing without it. You know, it's it really is it's hit and miss on on a driver. I know, and, and I didn't even think of the hundred mile radius thing. You're right. I, I'm so there's some states it's 150, but um, you know, your farmers and stuff that are usually falling under that exemption don't want to be under the ELD thing. But you know what? So a lot of drivers are realizing, though, now that with the ELDs, they are a lot safer 
and they and and I'll tell you what it's done. I mean, just to be honest with you, it's brought wages up. I mean, my gosh, since I've driven, wages have almost doubled as far as the mileage rate these drivers are getting. So I think some are a little happier. You know, I'll tell you something. When I was a young man, I got into a tractor trailer and I drove my my butt off for different right. companies. I made a lot of money. A few years later, I looked in the mirror and I started getting lines in my face and I didn't have a penny that he I was made. getting old looking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, man. And I, I realized now I, yeah, <laughs> I realized I made a lot of money for somebody else because I didn't save it. So all I did was manage to make myself older and, and more unhealthy. So, I mean, it's, it's all in the eyes of the beholder, you know, ELDs versus not. I would imagine in West Texas, it would probably be a preference not to have them like, you are, like you're set up. That would be my guess. Well, Steve said that he, they run 12-hour shifts. Well, with ELDs, I believe you only do 10, right? Well, I, you have 14 hours to get 11 hours of work in. So, I mean, it's it's here or there. But I, I don't think I would probably want it if I was in a 50-mile radius myself either. There's Sometimes there's some waiting like you would see in other, other types of trucking where uh, you know, these guys are, a lot of them are really the way that we get paid is by the load. So if they had to wait at a terminal for a couple hours, I mean, it just eats into their time. And, you know, instead of getting three loads that day, you might only get, you know, you might get two or one and, uh, whatever. I mean, we, we just, safety is the most important thing. I mean, we, we want everyone to go home at night, but, um, we're not going to, you know, I, hopefully we don't have guys that are out there, you know, working 16, 18 hours straight. Uh, it's not going to happen with us because we're going to, I mean, we've got 12 hour shifts. So. Yeah. I mean, if they're making that six figure deal anyways, without having to do that, I, I wouldn't want to do it anyway. So, so, okay. So your goal is, what is your goal? I mean, tell me you got, now these are, what kind of tankers are they anyways? I noticed the pictures you sent us there. What is that? Are they with baffles without how, how do those things work anyways? I've pulled a tanker or two back in the day. Yeah, um, I, I pulled one. I pulled an empty one. I bought it and took it out there, but I hadn't. I, I didn't drive it with a load in it. But frankly, we put enough in it that there's not a lot of surge because uh, it's pretty full, like 180 barrels out of a 200 barrel capacity tanker. These are um, the ones that I that I buy are are manufactured in Texas. Uh, there's you know a lot of welding and a lot of labor that goes into the fabrication there. They're aluminum to keep them lightweight. Uh, yes, they have baffles in them. There's, they're, they're not compartmentalized. There's holes in the baffles, uh, but that slows down the surge. And, you know, you're, you're really, you're rolling with, with a, a pretty full tank. So it's not, uh, you, you don't get, I, what I'm, what I'm told is that you don't get, you know, crazy surge like you would if you were just, you know, half loaded or a third loaded. Uh, you know, the weight, it's an 80,000 uh, 80, pound weight limit that we're subject to just like pretty much any other heavy truck out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's trying to think what, what did I leave out? I mean, that's, that's pretty much what they are. I tell they you also what, have, man, they've I... got, they've got a, uh, the process of buying crude oil is, you know, you basically, these guys have to get out of the truck, climb up onto the, uh, these, these tanks. So the, in the picture I sent you, you could see that, but there are these 500 barrel tanks in the field and they get to get up there and test the oil. So they draw samples out of the tank um, and they test the, uh, the gravity of the oil uh, and make sure there's not too much water or sediment or other contaminants in the oil. And on those tankers, on those trailers, there's a, 
like a mobile little lab. There's a centrifuge in there and you fill these little glass bottles with the oil and it heats it up to like 140 degrees and spins them real fast. And it takes, you know, it measures the gravity and different stuff. So it's basically called working the oil. And these guys, they, they, they call themselves, you know, crude oil buyers because basically they're testing the oil before they load it up. That's you can't pretty interesting. Yeah, you can't take a bad load to a terminal and put it in a pipeline. So the driver, the driver is responsible for bringing a good load. Yeah. Can, can you tell me what you mean by a terminal? Because unfortunately my head's thinking – you know, your standard drive-in or refer, you know, a terminal. Probably somebody not, with big tanks. You know, I'm thinking, you know, when I think of oil, I think of refineries and stuff. Can you can you help elaborate sure. so I'm understanding? Yeah. Um, so in the, in big flat West Texas, um, you know, in, in Midland and in some other towns, if you were to fly over in an airplane, you might see like what what some folks would call like a tank farm, huge tanks above the ground that like are, you know, as big as an apartment building, each one. And so the trucks bring the crude oil to these um, meters at those tank farms or terminals. uh, And they unload, the truck has a pump on it and you unload your, your load and it goes through a meter and it's counted. uh, And then you get a ticket for it, but it goes into one of those big tanks. And then um, from time to time, they pump the tank uh, contents into a pipeline and then it goes, you know, it goes down to Houston to a refinery or wherever the refinery is. So um, it's, it's basically a, it's basically a transloading facility where you go from a truck to a tank before it goes into a pipeline. Okay. All right. Now that helps clear it up. Thank you. I didn't, you know, I lived in Texas for years, but I never seen like, like you said, maybe going over in a plane and never really actually know, knew what I was looking at. Um, I knew refineries and and stuff, but I never actually knew what you were talking about as far as the terminals. Yeah, while yeah. you were doing while you were doing that, I was making like a Sesame Street picture for her so she can understand. It. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> he was going, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. So, Steve, I got a question. So, sure. Let's you you have production. You say you got enough. Uh, we call it freight, but oil. I don't know if you call it oil freight. It sounds like yeah, you are calling it freight. freight. Yeah. Freight. So, so you're calling it freight. You have enough freight to keep t- uh, two trucks going or one truck going around the clock. Um, oh, let's no, say it's, it's a lot more than that. I mean, I just I don't want to interrupt you, but the the yeah. short answer is I, I can as many trucks and drivers as I can get. I could probably keep them busy. That that's the situation. Everybody's well, having a hard time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, you know, somebody hears this show once we get it edited, and hopefully we didn't lose that first part because I'll be very upset with this this. Uh, ringer uh, uh, software that we're using. But uh, my question is, you get a good driver that hears, hears you on the show. Hey, I heard you on the show or whatever in your advertisement. I, I want a jo- job. He qualifies. Are you capable of going to like Penske or somebody rider and just renting a truck until you actually can get another one and just put this guy to work, whether you're making much money or not, just to have the driver going? Are you capable of doing something like that or not? Do you have another tank also to keep going, or do you have to rent those? How does how does all that work? Can you get one? Well, um, I, you can get them. I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but you can, you can definitely get them. Um, you know, you, it's not that easy to get a glider, but uh, you know, that's not that's not really what you ask. But yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of uh, like I was on the phone today with a guy about trailers, and so yeah, we're we're um, 
thinking about thinking about growth and we're not the only ones, but it's, uh, it's cyclical, you know? So, um, uh, you got oil at $65 a barrel right now. And three years ago it was at 25 or 30. So, um, it's, it's kind of one of those deals where you, you know, you're going to, you're going to pay top dollar for, for stuff right now. If you buy it new, if you wanted to buy a new, a new tank, uh, trailer, you would be waiting for it for probably two or three months. But there's there's a fleet out there. You can buy used equipment uh, and you can lease a truck. So yeah. so what is your goal? I mean, do you have a goal like so everybody knows, okay, Steve's trying to grow. And by the way, the, the, this is Steve Munns uh, from West Texas. He has his own company. I want to mention this just in case the other part's cut off. Telescope Trucking. Telescope Trucking is the name of his trucking company. It looks like a very nice fleet. He sent us some pictures. Uh, heck, maybe we'll even throw a, a little picture up on the Facebook page for you. Have you seen our Facebook page? Yeah, actually, yeah, you do. You, yeah. That's how you contact us. That's, that's okay. That's Sometimes I'm an airhead like Ruth Ann. Yeah, I just right. smacked him for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day, man. Yeah, but anyways, it, it looks like a nice, very nice company. I actually have a friend. Uh, she's actually uh, up. She's got a lot of followers, and she works for a flatbed company, and they have those glider kits, the 389 Pete's. Her husband also has one. She has a, what does Kelly have a blue one? He has a, or no, she has a black red. one. What he has, has a red one. His is red, right? But yeah. anyways, they're beautiful trucks. I mean, it's oh, totally awesome. And, you know, when I seen, seen your outfit there, this, I, mean, you, I would think you would attract drivers with your whole setup. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't see, the, the thing you got going against you is the same thing they had in, in West North Dakota. You know, it's, there's no place for anybody. How would you like to have that up there where it's like, 20 below zero and there's guys trying to find a place to live and they got to keep their trucks warm and all that garbage. I think it's even well, worse up there. Yeah. It's just, we don't have the weather issues, but it's a very similar phenomenon. It's just that the Permian has been a more uh, stable uh, kind of, I don't know. It's just got a, uh, it's, it seems to have nine lives and, and it's a much lower cost to operate, uh, to produce oil in West Texas than in North Dakota. So that's why the West Texas survives the downturns a little bit better than North Dakota does. And that's frankly because the pipeline system here. But to answer your question a minute ago, uh, you were asking about what my goal is. Really, I think, you know, the industry has been around for so long and I'm not naive enough to think that we're going to come in there as a new company and be the best uh, that there is because we probably have a lot to learn. Uh, but what my goal is, is to is to hire the very best people I can uh, and try to do things that uh, differentiate us from some of the other companies in in the uh, in the area in which we operate. And really, as a as a customer of this service, I, I know that dependability uh, and timeliness and is is key. And that's probably true for almost any kind of freight that's being shipped out. But we just weren't getting that level of service out there. And frankly, uh, as a smaller company, uh, I you know the retention problem in the industry is one that I'd like to be able to um, outperform. So I just want to grow a, a, a company and put, put a company together of good, high quality people that are safe, uh, that, that, that uh, we can call family and, and, you know, heck just do it better than the other guys and work at a place where, where, where people want to work and they know each other and they know the dispatchers. And, you know, we have company barbecues like we, we do. And, uh, it's just you're not going to do that if you get a thousand trucks on the road, maybe. But uh, we're we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to conquer the world this year. 
Well, I, I tell you what, if you want some strong advice and you can take it or leave it, you know, if you if you heard the show before, you know, my l- mouth goes without thinking. He's well, opinionated. Uh, no, but <laughs> but this is the truth. I've, I've got some friends that own some trucking companies under 100 com- under 100 trucks. I'm, I'm not going to give you their names because drivers will bother them. And the reason I don't want anybody bothering them is because he's already got a line of people trying to get in. And, and the reason this one or two companies that I know has this, for example, uh, I know a guy right now that does a lease purchase. He literally is paying off the actual rate. And so these drivers, without any money down, are lease purchasing, or actually he's just doing a lease, okay, on trucks. And these guys are legitimately bringing home between two and $3,200 in their pocket every week. As a guy that never really made a lot of money, some of these guys will come to him as, you know, they were making maybe $800 a week company Uh truck. Now they're making, literally bringing home $2,500 every week. This guy literally has not, he had, up till this past week, I was talking to him. He hadn't had anybody quit. And I can't even remember. And one guy finally came to him and said, hey, man, I got to leave. I got a 10-year-old. He wants to start being home more. But this guy literally has no, he has no trucks that sit around at all. And the reason being, it really comes down to, we used to do retention in trucking. We used to have this uh, this company called TAW. And the comp- we, we would do all these graphs and, and all these exit interviews and, and what we called uh, red flag interviews at like 90 days, 30 days when a driver came on. And the number one graph always, it was always money, money, money. Second, the second reason drivers were quitting was home time. Third reason was running areas and equipment. And then to be honest with you, there's an old saying, people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really a balance of all that stuff as a new owner in, in trucking. And I will tell you, as a truck driver myself and, and knowing a lot of truck drivers, truck drivers are very fickled, man. I mean, just, you know, sometimes we get complacent or we just get bored and and and, and they'll just find a reason to quit and which sucks. But it's hard for them to quit when they know they're making really top dollar. And that's just yeah. really what it comes down to, you know, it, that's, that's, that's really good. I mean, that's great information, anecdotal information for us. I mean, the way that, the way that I'm recruiting out there is, is I'm trying to hit several of those points. Number one, we pay the top, you know, we're in the top tier of the pay scales out there and I'm willing to pay more to get the best drivers and I can't afford to have uh, anything less than that. So we do, <laughs> we pay very competitively. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got good equipment. People are home every t- every night. For just that's just a, as a matter of course out here. So three out of those four or five things we definitely um, can address. I mean, whether I'm a good boss to work for or not, I mean, we you know that everyone can have their own opinion about that. But um, but I think getting to know your employees and spending time with them like I do and being in the field helps. We've I've hired two veterans so far, and you know I leathered their trucks with one of them's retired you know, was a petroleum sergeant in the army and he's got an army U S army decal on his truck for that. And I just little things like that to make them feel, you know, feel welcome and special. I mean, I don't know how effective it's going to be, but that's, that's what my approach is. Well, Steve, here's, here's the other thing that makes this guy successful in the interview. And like you said, you're really wanting to hire the best and see what, what a lot of trucking companies out there will do is they'll settle. Okay, because everybody's so desperate for drivers these days. But this guy doesn't. He'll interview a driver 
even though they're going to make two to 3,000 bucks, I'm talking in their pocket every week. He is, if he has a driver that comes right out and says, I need a guarantee or I need this or I need that, like some prima donna, or you get a driver that's saying, no, I need to make at least 2,000 every week. He won't hire that guy. That's the guy he mm -hmm. will abs the guy that's humble that says, listen, man, if, if I could bring home at least twelve, thirteen hundred dollars, I'm good to go. The humble that's the guy that comes and stays. The guy that tells you, This is what I'm gonna have, and you're gonna do this for me, and you're gonna do that for me. That's the guy, the guy that you've got to kiss his ass, um, the, the guy that you always have to help and 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 are constantly massaging his ego, that's the guy that will screw you every time. And 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 people know that. You know, there's good drivers out there. Matter of fact, there's some really awesome drivers out there. And there's some guys out there that make the industry look bad. Those guys that have 20 million jobs, they got an excuse why every trucking company screwed them over. That is not the guy that you want to pay top dollar to because he's the guy that's going to screw you anyways. Trust me. Right. Yeah. I mean, looking at, looking at their resumes and when we pull their DACs and look at the report, their uh, longevity demonstrated longevity with, you know, their previous employers is something that, you know, that I use as a screening tool because, you know, I think, it's it's a good indicator of the type of person it is, and if they're unhappy or demanding or any any of the other things that at a bunch of other companies over a five year period, you know, more than likely you're not going to be able to satisfy them. You know, when you said need two years of crude oil experience, are you looking over a time frame, or does it have to be like within five years, or or would you look over a ten year period? Is there any specifics there? Um, you know, I mean, I think I think it. I don't have anything written down in stone. I mean, it's just each one of these is kind of a a judgment call. But, I mean, if it's two years within any kind of reasonable amount of time, I think I'd certainly look at it. Um, the two-year number is something that, uh, you know, I think it's somewhat arbitrary. I mean, if it, is it is it two solid years this year just recently from a competitor? I mean, that's great. If it was two years, uh, you know, 15 years ago, maybe uh, – Maybe that's okay too, but I may not be the best place for them because I don't have a training program. You know, uh, we're putting together a manual like that, but but uh, we we can't. I mean, we don't have a, a big orientation program and six weeks of training for for these guys at all. So, uh, my company in particular, I, I need really experienced veterans. Well, Steve, why why don't we you know uh, continue this another time? Uh, I want to wrap things up here. Okay. Um, but what I'd like to do for you is I'd like I'd like to plug you and uh, put your telephone number on this pod. Um, and, and listen, we actually are getting so many offers, people wanting to buy our page and advertise on our page and all that stuff. We don't really let anybody advertise for truck driver employment on our page because we just didn't want to really harass our, our audience. They're really more into the the blood and guts of the accidents and the funny stuff that we do and all our good stuff. And, and me, you get on Troy. And of course, Ruth Ann's <laughs> pretty little personnel, whatever. But anyways, the, what I, um, it's, it's up to you if you want to do this, but Talk CDL is going to be putting out a media package, very low cost. If you're ever interested, you can be one of our sponsors. We'll put you on the page and uh, we'll put a little thing on our page and, and let you come on the pod every now and then. That's just an offer. You, you, you don't have to go with that. And, uh, I'll leave it at that. But why don't you go ahead and put your phone number on here and uh, we'll uh, try to get everything ready and we'll talk again. Sure. Yeah. Well, hey, I just want to thank you all for your time. And, and uh, I've enjoyed learning what I have from from your experience and, and hearing some of the uh, participants that, that, that dial into your show. But uh, my telephone number at Telescope, Telescope Trucking, uh, our office number is 432-360-4000. 
4668. Uh, you can email me at recruiting at telescopetrucking.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I can, if I can help you all in any way, I will. It may be fun to check back in and, you know, three months or six months and, and see if, uh, see how far down the road we got towards our goal. And, uh, you know, I'm sure by then, uh, I will have forgotten more than I know right now about it. So, uh, we're excited. Uh, we gotten off to a good start here and, uh, appreciate your time. Oh, it's always good to have someone new into the industry, you know. Yeah, we're getting, excited you know, for you, man. I'm, I'm awesome. happy. And, and you actually, you, you, you gave me a little bit more information to deal with the crude oil, and I thank you. Yeah, in yeah. case Ruth Ann ever wants to go into the crude oil business. Yeah, you I, never know. I don't know if that's hey, what she was thinking. I'm a Beverly right. Hillbilly. I yeah. can be that. Yeah. Well, all you need is a rifle then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can. I got, I got a rifle. <laughs> so so uh, real quick, Steve, also I wanted to – so everybody knows, you, you're you're hiring at – what's the name of that town again you guys are out of where your truck is? Well, you know, um, we've got a yard in, in Fort Stockton, Texas, and also in McCamey, Texas. Uh, there's a lot of activity in the, in probably like a 50 mile area. And really they're all pretty small towns. Uh, but we're operating out of Fort Stockton and McCamey. And, uh, that's just, you know, that's heck, that's about 80 miles west, southwest of the Midland Odessa area, area. And, uh, anybody who's familiar with the area knows, I mean, that's kind of where all the activity seems to be lately. And that's where we are. Our headquarters is actually in McKinney, Texas, which is just north of Dallas. That's where our corporate office is. All the act- all the activity in the field is out there. So these guys Texas. have to live more in the Fort Stockton, or where? Because obviously, when they come back every day, the truck doesn't go home with them. So they're going to have to be able to leave a truck and and trans, you know, go back and forth to home. Correct? Right. That's right. And so, and really, you know, it's uh, it, Fort Stockton is, you know, heck, I think it's a town of. I'll probably get this wrong, but I think there's, you know, maybe fifty thousand people, and it's a pretty small town. McCamey is far smaller than that, but this is all, you know, uh, these, this, these are all small towns. The, the, the closest big town of any size is Odessa. Uh, and it's probably, you know, it's an hour drive from there. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, heck it's, it's the oil boom out there and there's not a lot of good housing. That's an issue. So, uh, if it's, you know, the local folks or guys that are in the region totally understand that, uh, if they're not from the area, one thing that I'm working right now is, yeah, well, you're camping or I'm, I think my company, we're actually going to, we, we're working on uh, renting some houses and just providing housing for guys and netting it out of their check if they want to do that. Uh, but Steve, I know. think you need to start your own town out there. I mean, it might work out better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just your saloon. <laughs> the man yeah. camp. And that's something. Um, Steve, uh, again, throw your phone number up there. I, I really would love to see drivers. If you're out there listening to this pod, it's kind of an odd pod. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, a little different than we're used to. We uh, we have a young man on here, Steve uh, not Munns, rather. I almost call him Nuns. Munns. Yeah. And he's started his own trucking company. Seems like he would be a good boss. Uh, he, he pays very well. Obviously, you'll need two years of crude oil because of the uh, insurance company. But... By all means, uh, get a hold of Steve. He's got he's got a three eighty nine Pete with that glider kit. Great benefits and great money. I I I think it's worth you know somebody picking up that job. I would imagine out there, Steve, you probably have a lot of the trucking companies out there that have a lot of crappy equipment out there in that West Texas, probably running some raggedy rigs around. I might be my guess. 
Well, you know, it takes four or five years and it'll beat them up because you're on the, you're on those lease roads. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, we, we try to, we try to have some pretty nice equipment. And the telephone number again is 432-360-4668. Uh, so yeah, give me a call. And, uh, if we don't find something to work out today, then, uh, maybe some, sometime down the road in the future. So. Well, we appreciate having you on the show. Awesome, man. We, we, we wish you luck and, and we are so pro trucking here. It's unreal. We want nothing but success for you. I hope you get a driver that makes a million bucks off you and everybody's happy living in West Texas there. Ruthann, you have anything to add? I just, I, I, I enjoyed the conversation and I wish the best. I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's not only is it a new enterprise going on with you, but it's, it's, it's a building of, of America here in our own country too. All right, right folks. I mean, we all drive oh, cars and, and use plastic. So I don't think uh, oil's going anywhere. And it's a pretty specialized little niche part of the trucking industry. Uh, and it's where it's one where, you know, we think it, it can be a little bit more profitable because it's not so commoditized, but anyway, thank you all so much for your time. I'm going to cut you loose and let you finish up. All right, okay. folks, you heard it here on Talk CDL. Uh, look up Telescope Trucking if you're out there in West Texas. It sounds like he's got like he's got the best equipment, good benefits, and a real nice paycheck. Which, of course, you know, Talk CDL is a big advocate for drivers making the right kind of wages. So uh, you've got an opportunity out there for anybody that has the experience. Ruthann, we're out of here. Peace, praise the Lord.